Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, so today we're back for another little solo episode. I say little, I don't know how this is going to last for really. I've got a list of questions which seems like it's going to take me about two hours, but I could go through it pretty quickly, I'm not sure. So be prepared to be here for quite a while or it might just be a quick 30 minutes, we'll see. I'm kind of in the no man's land at the moment, I don't know what day it is, don't know what time it is because during the time of recording we are like six, seven weeks deep into lockdown or quarantine, social distancing, whatever you want to call it. And hopefully um, word is on the street, everything is kind of phasing out over the next few weeks, but who knows. And I'm in the UK, I don't know what it's like in other parts of the world. I know in the US it's a little bit more um, sped up and I hope everyone is doing well. I know it's been challenging, there's been ups and downs and with my clients and people who I know as well, after talking to them, I think people are on either one end of either spectrum. People are absolutely not loving it, but they're really appreciating this time. They're using it to focus on their health, sleep in a bit more, prepare really healthy meals, do the meditation practice, they're working out every day, they're getting out for the exercise outdoors, fresher. The sun's been shining in the UK. Usually these people are the ones who don't have kids, by the way, and maybe they usually hate commuting to the office they don't like the people that they work with so those people are really enjoying it at the moment and it's crazy isn't it people have been asking to work from home probably for years and the the bosses have told them no it's not possibility but now everyone seems to be working from home so I know I spoke to someone yesterday and um, she was saying how much better her health is overall her mental health so I said just to ask if it's a possibility to continue working from home just explain that you're much better colleague from doing so and then there's people on the other end of the spectrum who are hating every moment usually these are the parents um, they're trying to homeschool they're trying to also work maybe their family or people that they know have been affected and nurses key workers all of those types of people are stressed out frazzled understandably and are waiting until everything passes counting down the, the hours really so I, I'm kind of on the um, happier end. My life hasn't really changed too much, which I'm grateful for and totally, um, totally appreciate um, this isn't everyone's experience. But I hope this podcast is at least keeping you company and you've been enjoying the episodes. I'm always open to more suggestions for guests or content. I want to make sure that the the things that we're talking about is relevant for you. And I want to also thank everyone for my uh, the positive messages and um, support that they sent the other day on Instagram when I talking about my mast cell flare up. Just as a recap, if you wasn't aware, 
I've been struggling with food sensitivities for many years now. Recently, well, about six, seven months ago, I found out that it was mold that was causing it. Haven't been able to move because of the renovation taking a long time in the apartment. It's been renovated from an old cotton mill into brand new apartments. So that's why it's taking so long. And then the time where everything was meant to be getting to moving in and everything seems to be finished, lockdown hit. And so that's been put off a little bit more. But I actually um, ate a very tiny, it was the smallest thing ever, a little banana chocolate muffin that was homemade. It had some coconut oil in there, banana, cacao powder. And um, as soon as I started eating it, I could feel my throat like tingling and it started to kind of tighten a little bit. And I kind of knew that I was going to react from that moment. And I, I'm sensitive to some of the ingredients, but because it was so small, I thought I'd just try it and see what happens. But I also was leading up to my period as well. So I think that's because my histamine levels were rising. That can happen. And if you want more information of that, I can link to some blog posts that I wrote on histamine and estrogen, how they're connected. But I believe I have mast cell activation syndrome, which just means that my mast cells are very reactive. They release histamine from the smallest little triggers. And the bananas were really ripe and um, kind of like spotty and black. That increases the histamine load. And then in the night, I woke up at like 1 a.m., which 1 to 3 a.m. is liver time. So as soon as it was like past 1, my liver was very stressed and I was severely itchy all over. And when I'm like that, things like binders and antihistamines don't help. They can be preventatively, but I didn't think to have them. So I really need the proper antihistamines at that point. And I was searching the house. I was crying like in the middle of the night, feeling very sorry for myself. I was completely fine the next day. I did a coffee enema. I moved my body. I had a little bit of a sweat, had some vitamin C. Um, Tulsi and nettle tea are my saviors as well during those times. But yeah, it's just frustrating when you feel like you've been on your health journey for eight years. You're the healthiest person that you know in terms of diet and lifestyle, but you still have these issues. Um, but it's just a reminder that everyone has something that they're going through, even the people who look the healthiest practitioners online sometimes they're still struggling with symptoms and don't actually um, show it or even speak about it but I like to be transparent and I do like to keep my Instagram profile quite positive and educational and not really centered around me too much because um, I understand that you don't really want to know about that too much but sometimes I find the need to share these things um, like when my skin flows up sometimes with hormones or diet um, just so you're not being deceived I don't need to feel deceived that um, my health is totally perfect and everything's fine because it's not and in today's episode I thought I'd do a little get to know me a bit more Q&A um, with a chance for me to share my health history favorite brands for skincare products laundry products um, lessons I've learned so I did a little poll on Instagram a couple of weeks ago asking for questions and a lot of them were on my like history, more about me personally. So I'm going to start off with that. And it may be that we need to do a part two, depending on how much you're interested. So if this isn't for you, move on to the, the next episode. Um, we'll get back to the educational things. But some are rapid fire, so I'll just answer them like a yes or no, or just give a, a name. Some I'll cover in a bit more detail. And when there's lots of similar questions, I'm just going to group them together, um, especially in this first section. It was just a lot about like my personal life growing up, 
a lot of people are interested. So I'm just going to give you an overview, which answers pretty much all these questions. So I've lived in the same street all my life. Um, I currently still live with my parents. We swapped houses with my grandparents who lived two doors down when my parents had me. Um, I have a brother who is 30 this year, so five, four or five years older than me. And yeah, when I was born a couple of years in, we needed a bit more room. So we swapped houses with my grandparents and we moved into like the bigger house at the end of the street. And I'm in the northwest of England in a town called Lee, Lancashire, which is about 30 minutes outside of Manchester city centre. And I was meant to move out, like I said, earlier this year into the apartment, but it's been delayed with everything that's going on. My childhood was pretty great. No trauma, quote unquote, no bullying or moving, anything like that. Parents have always um, been together, enjoyed school, had lots of friends. I wouldn't say that I was like popular um, necessarily, but I got along with a lot of groups of people and I had a great time at school. I did some sports growing up. I did Thai boxing. So there's like a little Thai boxing center um, just behind my house. And I used to say that I hated it and I used to pretend that I was ill every Sunday just so I couldn't go but when I was there I secretly loved it and I was really fit and active I actually had like a six-pack I was pretty ripped at that time and I would always get paired with the older boys because I would literally beat the crap out of them which is so funny and I wish I'd stuck with it but when it got into kind of progressing and getting all of the different belts or armbands whatever they were Kind of competing a bit more I just wasn't interested in that and I also did things like netball and I was quite good because I'm tall I'm 5'11 and someone asked is there like a tall gene in my family and yes it's on my dad's side my dad's uncle is actually six foot ten so definitely tall and I did some football or soccer just throughout school some trampolining many different things I was never a runner um let's put it that way diet was pretty standard not completely terrible not really home cooked all the time but um, for example breakfast was always cereal like Weetabix that's I don't know if that's more of like a UK thing um always with full fat milk I drank a lot of dairy products and growing up I would have like a glass of milk every um every evening and for breakfast as well with sugar I used to put like a thick layer of sugar on top of it and it would like crystallize and that would beast <laughs> looking back I'm like repulsed but I would love that so it's basically wheat with milk and sugar all of which I'm now sensitive to and then um as I got a little bit older I would have like porridge with banana peanut butter for lunch I'd have sandwiches and more of the healthier crisps with that are things like baked crisps or low fat products and I did go through a phase of really loving Nutella and peanut butter sandwiches or Nutella and jam sandwiches. They were just a little phase that I went through. And then dinner was things like home cooked. It was home cooked every night. We didn't have like frozen meals or takeaways that often. Just a regular like lasagna, stir fries, roast dinners, sausage, mash, gravy was another favourite. I think that's just the northern thing. And then my dad did my diet did become a little bit worse over the last few years of high school uh, seemingly when my health and body consciousness started to kick in I was never like fat or overweight but because I was tall I could get away with it a little bit more but I was on the heavier side of um, healthy 
and I would buy bags of sweets and crisp and chocolate when me and my friends were out at the cinema or I would stay at my friend's houses we'd kind of just binge eat all of those things and I would start drinking alcohol at the weekend and Chinese takeaways every week or two again not the worst diet in the world but and I had a thing for orange leucoside Vimto again not sure if this is just a UK thing but I'm interested if this is anywhere else in the world the drink Vimto and in my upcoming mold episode of the podcast which should be out in a couple of months where I talk you through like all of my recent discoveries with my health and signs that I had a problem I talk about I mentioned zesty berry which was like a Fanta drink and it was bright purple I think it got discontinued because it must have like caused cancer or something I used to be obsessed with it but every time I'd have it I, I would projectile vomit I think there must have been some sort of crazy msg reaction going on and then i think that's it with diet um uh, health history sorry there's a few more on diet so how would i describe my diet now i'd say it's very individual individualized to me and my health conditions so it's primarily lower histamine than i'd like and long term i do want to expand my diet quite significantly but I am dealing with multiple multiple food sensitivities multiple food sensitivities at the moment that I just can't start addressing. So I'm still in the water damaged environment, so it's just pointless really. And um, it's more restricted than I'd like as well. And it's primarily organic as much as I can um, get access to and afford nutrient dense, focused on really high quality animal protein at least twice a day. How do I incorporate carbs? So I do try to do a little bit of carb cycling. And I know there's different varieties or variations of that. So I'll start my breakfast with a pretty low carb breakfast. So I would have always things like berries. I tend to have just a smoothie every morning and I have a recipe guide on my website for free that you can download if you want my exact recipe. But it's got things like new zest pea protein in there, some coconut milk, like a greens powder, some hemp seeds and some berries so i keep it pretty low carb and then as the day goes on i have a little bit more carbs at lunch and then at dinner when i'm usually at the gym working out that would tend to be after breakfast before lunch so then at lunch i'd have more carbs than usual but with what what's going on at the moment i'm not at the gym and i'm not strength training too much so i don't need as many carbohydrates plus my body is quite insulin resistant at the moment because of um inflammation um, because of the mold that's a whole another story but my tolerance for carbohydrates is pretty low at the moment not to say that carbs are bad but just my body does not respond well to them because like candida mold is a fungus or a yeast and it thrives off sugar even honey sweet potatoes it all turns into sugar in the body and can still feed these organisms but i will absolutely be changing my diet because I'm not too happy with what I eat at the moment. I love the food, but I really do want to be more expanded in terms of that. Um, and yeah, with the carb cycling, I'd have my largest serving of carbohydrates, either after my workout or more towards the evening, because that's going to help with reducing cortisol, helping with sleep quality. Someone asked about my favourite cheat food. I don't really say like I have a cheat day or cheat food, because if I want something, I'll have it like I did with the chocolate banana muffin, even though they are really healthy. Like I'll just have something if I'm out at a restaurant and I really wanted a piece of cheesecake, I would have it. 
and I just need to weigh up the pros and cons in terms of my skin. Is it worth potentially getting a few breakouts the next day or a little bit of stomachache after? Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. So I just decide on that mainly because my health at the end of the day is the priority over something, whether something tastes good. And I am a sucker for raw vegan desserts. So if I'm ever in places like the big cities that are like London and New York that have the best gluten and dairy-free um, raw desserts, cheesecake, cookies, all of that, I probably will have something after every meal. But that's because I don't usually eat them. It's not like I'm binge eating or um, kind of falling off the wagon, quote-unquote. It's just because the good quality tastes good. And I actually prefer them over the regular um, shop bought things if I'm honest but other things that I really love I wouldn't call them like cheats because I'll just have them whenever like I mentioned I do love pork scratchings I know they're called pork rinds in the US depending on where you're from but not the weird baked type there's like two different types I like the real old school the ones that you get in pubs with lots of fat on there they're deep fried they've still got the odd her on there which seems disgusting but they're my favorite what would my last meal be? I would have Chinese food. I love Chinese food, but I really can't tolerate it at the moment due to the MSG that they tend to use in a lot of places. I would have probably for starter or like two main courses, sweet and sour chicken with some sticky jasmine rice. And then I'd have another main of hoist. I have a big appetite if you haven't realized. Hoisin duck pancakes with all the like side pancakes and cucumber spring onions. Um, some spring rolls, sweet chilli sauce, and I would really go out with a bang and give me all the gluten MSG at that point because I'm probably going to die from a terrible reaction. If you remember my experience last summer in Cornwall when I had that seizure MSG reaction, that's what I'm talking about. Have you ever struggled with binge eating? I wouldn't say I have like a medical condition of binge eating but there was definitely times that I would binge eat and looking back it was the times when I was really restrictive and over exercising doing two hour sessions in the gym back to back and fueling my workout on some brown flakes with skim milk or a plain chicken salad which was not enough no wonder I lost my period and I would binge on like granola snack bars fruits all the healthy stuff that's what I would keep in the house but it would never be like crisps and chocolate and things it would be quote the healthy things but I would just eat bowl after bowl of granola and wonder why I would not feel satiated because I had eaten probably like 600 calories during the day have you or would you ever try a vegan diet I think I've done a few days vegan in my life some of them probably accidentally I do a few like vegan meals for example the smoothie I think everything's vegan in there but it's never been something that I've resonated with there was a time like with all of the YouTube videos and documentaries that might have been a slight um, glimpse of something that I could look into but really my body knows that animal protein is the way for me to be living optimally I think most people benefit from a diet that contains at least some animal protein. But I'm never going to say never. I don't like to box myself in and say I would never do this because who knows. And I do believe that the vegan diet can be used as a, used as a therapeutic tool because it is very catabolic, meaning that it breaks you down. Animal protein break, kind of builds you up. Anabolic vegan diets are catabolic, so they break you down. 
which may be good in a situation where there's um, cancer, potential tumours, growths that you want to shrink, but I don't want to be breaking my body down on a daily basis. That's not for me. Next is some of my favourite things. So favourite places to go on holiday. I really love St Ives in Cornwall. I go every year with my family. Hopefully it's not going to be cancelled this summer in July. My brother's actually getting married the next year. I love America as well. My trip to California was meant to be next week. That's obviously been cancelled, which I'm sad about with my friend Cassie. But I really want to go and see more of the US, like the West Coast. I've been to New York, Pennsylvania and Florida before. And fun fact, if you didn't know, I was actually a camp counsellor at a children's summer camp in Pennsylvania. It was in Henryville, Pennsylvania in 2014. And for the summer, I taught aerobics and yoga. Many of my symptoms actually got worse after that point when I came home. I think from a tick bite, but that's a story from another day. I also want to go to Canada, Switzerland, Australia, New Zealand. I've never been interested in travelling around Asia for some reason. I don't know if my gut would hack it, if I'm honest. I've been too scared. I've heard too many horror stories. And I'm not sure if I'd want to live in another country or even outside of the northwest of England, because I just love people and I've always lived here. And in, when I was younger, I did think, of, think that I wanted to live in America, but I'm not sure now with everything that's going on with the government, GMOs, mandatory vaccinations, but again, never say never. Education, where did I study and gain knowledge? So I studied at the College of Naturopathic Medicine in Manchester. So this has some satellite colleges across the UK and I think it does online courses now, but that wasn't an option when I studied. So I was in person. Luckily, it wasn't too far from where I live. And as soon as I heard about the course, I just knew it was a perfect fit for me. And then that was a three year course. I then continued um, helping them and trained as an assistant practitioner in the clinics. So part of the course was um, working with clients in a clinic setting before going out into the real world. We'd observe fully qualified practitioners, take consultations, and then we'd take, I think we had three clients that we had to see in the final year and do case studies on them. And then I wanted to continue as an assistant practitioner afterwards, supporting the clinics, helping the students. So I did that for another few months afterwards and got a certification for that. And I will actually be lecturing for CNM Manchester at the end of this year, so 2020, which I'm excited about on the hormone lecture for a few dates, um, which is fun. And I have worked with practitioners myself, just with my own health, a few random practitioners who I gained knowledge from just understanding the way that they worked. And I've also um, worked with um, other practitioners in terms of business and training, ex experts in the field from hormones to mold and Lyme disease. So a lot of these people have been on the podcast and I'm also required to do multiple hours of um, CPD or continued professional development every year, just from the organisations that I'm registered with in the UK as a nutritionist and tons, countless numbers of um, webinars, seminars, training events, weekends in London, courses. I, I can't even begin to name them all because it's just been so many and I'm quite a geek and I love studying. I'm, 
a forever student. What's your sun, moon and rising? And do I resonate with my sign? Okay, so I'm a Virgo sun, Aries moon and rising Libra. And yes, I do definitely with the Virgo, the organization, um, controlling side of things. Aries, um, yes, I'm quite feisty and I'm quite driven. Not so much Libra, but after speaking to my friend Cassie Aurora, who's been on the podcast, episode number 46, 67, um, she said that I ha actually had more Scorpio energy, which makes more sense to me. But if you've no idea what I'm talking about or you want to learn more about this subject, listen to those podcast episodes. Because Cassie is the expert in this field. Lifestyle wise, let's see. I'm getting through these questions pretty quick, which I'm happy about. So, lifestyle, what's your current exercise routine? Currently, not so much. I'm not even concerned about that. And I'm just really doing walking. So, every day I go for an hour walk and in the sun, try and get as much sun as I can, usually during the day. Um, I go out for my walk and we have quite a few nice parks and nature areas that I go to and down the canal I go and check up on my new apartment to give them the evils and make them hurry up with building everything <laughs> I'm kind of creeping on them to see how much progress they're making so I'm walking pretty much every day a couple of week, a couple of times a week I'll do a YouTube video and I've been loving the mad fit um account on YouTube and the pop sugar fitness I think that's like a really popular one but they do some great kind of dance workouts which I've been loving. I've been wanting to get more into like dancing recently, let my feminine sacral chakra release. And usually before all of this um, quarantine, etc., went down, I was just training in the gym. I've been strength training since I was like 18 now. Absolutely love it. Benefits my health in so many ways. I tend to do like five times a week and before everything kicked off again with lockdown, I had a personal trainer for the past few months, which I loved as well. So I can't wait to get back into that. So probably one of the only things that I've been missing um, recently. Bad habits. Um, I'm quite a messy person. So even though I'm a Virgo type A organized neat, neat freak, that's in other ways. So like in terms of business, um, travel, organization for those types of things rather than cleanliness. And um, like I'll leave dirty pots around the sink and leave socks and shoes everywhere. But I know where everything is. Everything has its place. And I can be controlling at times as well, which some people don't enjoy. Favourite brands for makeup? Depends on the products. And I don't usually wear a lot of makeup. I've got a tinted moisturiser and I put my eyebrows, draw my eyebrows in. That's it. But some good brands, non-toxic for all of these recommendations, by the way. Um, Tropic. Well, my eyebrows actually, I use a, the brow definer from Anastasia Brows. I know not, I know that's not tox non-toxic, but I pick my vices and it's a good one. So if anyone knows a non-toxic green alternative to the brow pencil, let me know. But Tropic is great. Ilia, 100% Pure, Dr. Hauschka are some great makeup brands. And Herka, so shampoos, conditioners. I've tried a lot of them. I like the Green People range, Odalique, Tropic, um, Andalou Naturals, and Avalon Organics. Sunscreen for the face. I 
need one that's non-comedogenic and good for oily acne prone skin otherwise you just end up like Casper the Ghost or like a melting candle but from my friend Sarah Sumik she's recommended the Suntegrity brand they do like a five-in-one t- tinted moisturizer or they do just a regular facial sunscreen I like that one that's what I'm wearing at the moment there's a product called My Shell and one called Juice Beauty oil-free facial SPF for body I like the range Badger Tropic again but there's a few others I can't remember them off the top of my head but I have a blog post on staying safe in the sun and non-toxic sunscreen um how to prevent burning because some of these sunscreens the conventional brands they actually contain chemicals that can be linked to developing some uh, skin cancer which is ironic so i'll put the blog post in there with some more recommendations and tips skincare it depends on the products again i really like the ordinary for some of the serums like the b3 and hyaluronic acid serum the zinc and b5 serum and i know they do some um kind of toners as well glycolic salicylic indie lee i like the facial cleanser i think it's the clarifying or the brightening facial cleanser it smells amazing like strawberries josh rosenbrook really love his stuff his nutrient day cream with spf it's quite expensive but um, that's a great one and his hydrating accelerator mist which smells like absolute heaven it's a, the ingredients list is like a mile long and it's got so many plants and um, flower essences and aloe and so many beautiful things so i love that one and it really is worth it lena wild so she does some amazing um oils and a clay mask really love her products they're all kind of handcrafted um really small company but i love her stuff andalou naturals they do some nice um products as well 100 pure do some nice makeup mad hippie do cleansing vitamin c serums sunday riley i like the ufo oil so if you have oily skin that's acne prone they have one called ufo oil and it's bright green when you put it on but it's like a dry oil as well so it contains salicylic acid so it helps with clogged pores but definitely you need to do what's right for you if you have any irritation or acids don't work well please don't start with that one then there's just the regular things like oils so grapeseed hemp seed jojoba oil for moisturizing on my face and body or like oil cleansing facial massages i love manuka honey it's one of my all-time favorite skincare recommendations and the brand is weatherspoon for that one just to use it as a cleanser a mask spot treatment and then grandults is just a very basic one for like a really simple mild facial scrub every month or so once a month laundry i haven't really found something that's amazing if i'm honest or completely non-toxic i wish i could be bothered making my own cleaning products but that's not really going to happen at the moment e-cover is a pretty good one in the uk but i just sometimes see what's available in health food shops and try something every month one of my clients previously recommended a system called coal k-o-h that looks quite good i think it's just like a concentrate that you mix and it does a ton of things like a multi-system um little thing that's going on but i haven't looked into that yet maybe i will if i was in the us i would absolutely look at branch basics but we don't have that unfortunately in the uk it's very non-toxic and clean and i'm jealous that i can't get it 
Where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself happy, healthy, still loving my job, helping more women in need of this support. Um, maybe more online courses just to help as many people as I can. And I've always wanted to make like a healing center where I have a group of like acupuncturists, herbalists, chiropractors. It's like a juice bar, yoga center, gym. That's always been my little dream, but who knows? Are you dating right now? Honestly, no, not dating right now. And I've never really been on the apps or anything like that. That's just not my vibe at all. And I'm kind of an all or nothing person. I put my energy into um, one thing at a time. So the past few years, I've really been spending a lot of my energy and time building my business, putting all my focus in there, which has really paid off. And I'm happy that I made that decision. And I don't think I would have achieved that if I would have been in a relationship, if I'm completely honest, honest, but I'm definitely open to someone coming into my life. If that's possible, I know they're not just going to turn up on my doorstep, but my type is tall, dark, handsome, health conscious, funny. And if you know someone who fits this bill, this, this description, I'll happily have you send them my way. And health, how did your mold detox go? Hasn't really started yet, if I'm honest. The number one recommendation is to get out of the environment, which I'm unable to do at the moment. But I've got a protocol that's set, ready to go for what, the moment that I um, moment that I move. And I'm going to be documenting that and showing it on an upcoming podcast episode. I've already recorded part one, but part two is yet to to start if um yet to start but still symptomatic doing much better i just do coffee enemas like two to three times a week take binders take immune support because my immune system is like zero at the moment my natural killer cells and i'll keep you updated what symptoms did you used to have that you don't have anymore quite a few but i still have some lingering issues with brain fog fatigue and my food sensitivities at the moment but I keep them well controlled with my diet and lifestyle and self-care practices so I don't know if any of these symptoms would reappear they probably would if I was to not manage all of these things but I've not really experienced any of these for many months if not years now bladder urgency that's only if I eat high histamine foods or um, do like an intense detox when I'm not ready where I would basically just like wet myself or I would be not able to hold it and I would leak. That used to be a very common one with histamine. It would happen like a day or two later and that's why I was really confused as to what was going on. And I went to my doctors many times. He told me to do more Kegel exercises, which is ridiculous. Bloating, I don't really deal with bloating anymore. Acne, not really. I'll probably get like two or three spots every month, which compared to what I had previously is dramatically different and at least I know now what is causing my acne that's the other problem because before I had no idea it could have been my gut my hormones my skincare routine so now when I do get a breakout I know it's because I ate some chocolate the night before or I'm stressed or I'm ovulating and my hormones are a little bit wacky that month but when I move when I do my mold detox I'm pretty certain that that won't be a problem anymore I don't get headaches anymore because my histamine is pretty well controlled. I'm severe fatigue, so at least I can walk up the stairs unsupported these days. 
I still get quite tired at like 9, 10 p.m. My energy just like really tanks around that time, but I do wake up quite early. But before, I would just be like a zombie. Hives, I used to get hives on my face after a histamine reaction, but that's not really an issue either. Abenaria, I've had my period now regularly for the past, I think, two years. Yeah, I think two years now. Every month I'll get it. It's a little bit, a um, little bit, it's not totally consistent in terms of dates, but it will be anywhere from like 29 to 34 days, which is pretty good. And hair loss. I, my hair doesn't fall out anymore. It's still not grown back to 100% of what it was, and I don't think it will ever do because it was quite bad when it happened. But there would be the main symptoms I could go on, but they're the most important. Wow, so I'm happy I actually covered that pretty quickly. And sorry if I missed some, I think I've got all of them and a lot of them were quite similar. And I may do a part two, who knows? Let me know if on today's post, let me know on today's post if there's anything that you'd like to see again in terms of content. Next week I'm joined by Dr. Eric Balcavage, who is an expert on thyroid health and we're talking about a concept called cellular hypothyroidism, which I know you're gonna love quite a sciencey in-depth podcast so it's one to take notes also just giving you a heads up now have a great rest of your week i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone friendly recipes guide please leave me a rating and review and i will email you a copy as a thank you gift all you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain, and refined sugar-free recipes, and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at Viva Natural Health, as I share a ton of free content every day, and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk, for my blog and many free guides, which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss, or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrollment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.